Dear Poilem, it's been six months since the first canister of tear gas was shot at the protesters in Amruti on September 28th last year. The day marks the beginning of a historic 79 days of occupation in major roads and highways in Hong Kong, which was later called the Umbrella Revolution by the Time magazine. To the international media, Hong Kong suddenly came to their attention once again after the handover some 17 years ago. And Hong Kong stands tall by shocking the world with our courage to defy the mighty communist regime that we would insist on the right to freely elect our own political leaders and reject the central government's decision to impose a pre-selection of candidates by a Beijing-controlled committee of 1,200 people. The Umbrella Revolution is indeed revolutionary, not in the sense that it has toppled any regimes, but it is surprisingly new forms and spirits. It is a massive civil disobedience in a scale that was never seen in Hong Kong, or for that matter, in any other Chinese communities. The Chinese University of Hong Kong estimated that about 1.2 million people have taken part in the occupation one way or another. Such widespread participation was obviously not organized, but instead a self-initiated response to protect the students or to protest the excessive force used against a peaceful demonstration. Despite claims made by the chief executive that external forces were involved, no evidence whatsoever was presented to substantiate such claims. Critics says nothing tangible was achieved by the Umbrella Revolution. The position of the central government remains rock solid on its insistence of its decision on August 31st last year. And the SAR government remains adamant that it won't represent the people of Hong Kong to ask for a free election system, but instead act as the agent of the central government to persuade Hong Kongers to accept a restricted system. But for sure, Hong Kong is not the same anymore. We've moved from a sudden and helpless mood of the city is dying to a defiant spirit during the 79 days and to now a solemn and reflective period of how to move ahead. However, our leader, Si Wai Leung, is not contented with this. He used his annual policy address to lash out on student union of the University of Hong Kong by condemning their journal of promoting Hong Kong autonomy. Then he called for the public to vote the pro-democracy legislators out in the next election. In a private meeting with pro-establishment legislators, C.Y. Leung even named several pro-democracy legislators as targets for the attendees to attack. He also prohibited his officials from attending the annual gathering of the Democratic Party. The Umbrella Revolution has left Hong Kong much more polarized and more difficult to govern. But the chief executive doesn't seem to care. Judging from his recent public speeches, 
he is keen to see an even more polarized Hong Kong. In a tense and competitive political environment, his existence seems more imperative, and his backing from the central government seems to grow. It is a very ironic and eerie situation. While Hong Kong needs a leader who can mend the great schism between the yellow and blue ribbon people and allow social wounds to be healed, we have the most schematic chief executive who seems to benefit from a great social divide. Well, everything is done in the good intention of preserving our prosperity, of course. Xi Wailun explained to foreign media on October 24th last year that democracy will turn Hong Kong over to the poor. He said, "You have to take care of all sectors in Hong Kong as much as you can, and if it's entirely number game and numeric representation, then obviously you will be talking to half of the people in Hong Kong who earns less than 1,800 U.S. dollars a month." Then you would end up with that kind of politics and policies," he continued. Thus, Xi Long has openly admitted the obvious: that in order to protect the interests of the rich and powerful, democracy cannot be allowed. With our official poverty rate rising to about twenty percent, the SAR government has every reason to be afraid of the poor. Poverty rate among the elderly and the disabled stand at a phenomenal forty-five percent. Even after policy interventions and all welfare transfers, poverty among elderly and disabled households still stands at thirty percent. This kind of inequalities is not found in any other developed regions. And yet, the SAR government is flooded with money. According to the Monetary Authority, the official reserve assets now stands at three hundred thirty-two thousand five hundred twenty-four million U.S. dollars. Now that converts to about two thousand six hundred billion Hong Kong dollars, discounting the seven hundred billion Hong Kong dollars of fiscal reserves. And the Financial Secretary John Jung predicts that we will continue to see surpluses. In the next decade, Mr. Zhang is famous for his underestimation of surpluses. The problem is clear: the old-fashioned Lion Rock spirit, which excels Hong Kong to its current prosperity, is failing the expectation of its people, who are now asking for not just survival but fairness. The undemocratic government fails to respond to the social needs. And people are unable to use the traditional avenues, particularly the current political structure, to make changes they need. Thus, the political reform has become necessary and imminent for Hong Kong. If this is to be continuously ignored by the central and SAR governments, social discontent is bound to erupt again. Under Xi Long's Competitive leadership, Hong Kong is on a course to race to the bottom in great speed. One only hopes that we shall bounce back stronger and better. 
Seeing what our younger generations can do in the umbrella revolution, I have high hopes for our future. Sincerely, Fernando Chang.